Welcome back to Coffee with Yvonne, a show for creators and entrepreneurs. I hope you had a lovely holiday season with your family and kept the arguments to a minimum. We've talked about this, but th by the time that this show actually drops, we'll be getting ready for New Year's Eve. So it'll be about two days until New Year's by the time this drops. And I'll be getting all your sparkling dresses and your party wear together to have a good time to go out or just staying in. You know, we don't have to be outside, outside. For a lot of us, including myself, we've been outside all year. So if we need to sit our butt down on that couch and watch a New Year's Eve special, it's perfectly fine. I have another great show for you today, the last show of the year. I know, it's a bonus episode. We're going to be doing a new format I would like to call Coffee with Yvonne, the group chat. So, we will not be doing our normal What's the Brew segment right after this. I'm going to slide right into the interview segment so you guys can experience our special guest, which is Jasmine Smith and Courtney Pope two of my favorite content creators and marketers in the industry while we chat about my version of Hot Topics. Shout out to you, Wendy Williams. And really have a good old kiki about things <laughs> in an unfiltered perspective. So grab your coffee and let's chat. As I mentioned, the special guest on today's show is Jasmine Smith and Courtney Pope. I've known Jasmine for some years now. We randomly met one night out on Cinco de Mayo. I don't know how it happened, but fate stepped in more than once. It happened again when we met again at an industry event. And I met her friend, Courtney, uh, through her, who's also wonderful as well, and another content creator and marketer. And when I was thinking about concepts for the show, I really wanted to bring different voices outside of mine to talk about various hot topics in the industry or things that are industry related. And I think it was a great fit. If you guys love it, let me know. I might consider doing it again or making it a regular segment on the show. Let's get into this interview that's very fun and a little shady interview. <laughs> Coffee with Yvonne, the group chat with Jasmine and Courtney. Is there yet one? Is there yet <laughs> what, what do they say when there's three in a room? He is Come on. It's when two or more are gathered. But hey, you, hey, oh, hey, it's the three. It's the three. You okay? okay. I know the gist. Okay, I don't okay. know. And that's what matters. Okay, that's my Bible on my phone. In the neighborhood, we we gonna get you right on the front porch. We're gonna the block. We gonna spin the block on that one. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. But now that we are all here, we can get ready to start this episode. Y'all ready? Ready. Yes. Okay, y'all all look cute. I had to pull myself together because Jasmine came in with a semi beat. Even though I said in my email to come comfortable. I was and I am comfortable. Can we? <laughs> we just but it's a highlighter for me. Okay. It's a highlighter for me. It's a reflection of the ring light. I need it's a tinted gloss for me. Okay. Come on. Okay. The brows on. The hair for me. Face card never declines. My God. For me. <laughs> Period. Period. All right. That being said, I would like to welcome everyone after that inspirational but then funny introduction to another episode of coffee with Yvonne a new segment I would like to call the group chat I came up with this you guys when I was just mulling over what I wanted the vibes of season four to be and why I know you love my voice and my hot take on different topics for what's the brew I decided that I think it's best to bring other people I know who are just as amazing and just as fabulous in my industry to talk on those topics as well hence the group chat was born and if you like it we might do this again for another season first up is Courtney Pope who is aka that girl a multifaceted marketing professional with a strong background in fashion, beauty, and retail. Her passion is helping brands find and harness their voice in order to connect with their community more authentically, fortify their brand story, and identify white spaces in their market. It was in this passion and drive, it allowed her to build career opportunities in both fast fashion and beauty at Shea Moisture, Coors, and Kiehl's. Courtney has a high-level strategic thinker with an affinity for product development and a multicultural consumer and to add on top of that as a beautiful empowering ambitious and visionary thinker black woman in this industry is an inspiration to watch in her growth in all the things that she does moving on to jasmine smith aka my pudding pop she is the founder and ceo i said ceo for the cheap seats of Pure Calm Communications and Company, Pure Calm & Co., a small boutique 
digital marketing communications firm based in the Washington, D.C. area. At PureCom, Jasmine works with small businesses, entrepreneurs on digital marketing, social media strategy, content development, and just got her start a few years ago post-grad when she began freelancing communications and PR work while seeking full-time work. Now with nearly 10 years of experience under her belt working full-time in the nonprofit sector, Jasmine helps people create and implement strategic social media marketing tactics that will help reach their target audience, maintain an online presence, and build their business and brand. Not only that, she believes that social media is an essential tool that can either help or hurt your business presence and with the right tools, help companies reach their goals, reach their audience and increase their revenue. Outside of running PureCom, she is also an amazing content creator, creating organic and sponsored content through her YouTube channel and her other social media platforms. She intentionally creates content with her audience in mind, aiming to inspire, empower, and affirm women of color to connect and build with one another authentically. And with that being said, welcome to Coffee with Yvonne, Courtney and Jasmine. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Love you, Justice. Oh my God. Are you okay. kidding me? Yeah, that was great. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you guys for understanding when I got back from Italy. It was just not happening for you, girl. Yeah. Mm -mm. I was jet lagged and confused. <laughs> Listen, if I was in and I lived my life through you, I would have been jet lagged and confused as well. So it's totally okay. Correct. Yeah. You know what? It took me at least a clean three weeks to get used to American food again because American her palate, her palate has since changed. She her palate is European now. Okay, she's elevated, honey. She said GMO is where I don't eat this genetically modified. She's like, I mean, is this you can taste it. You can taste it in the chicken. Okay, I mean, I can't <laughs> see that. you can taste it in the chicken. I had a, I made spaghetti when I got back from um Italy, and I used my little you know whatever noodles. Mm -hmm. And I put them things in the pot. I threw them out. And I pulled out my noodles I brought back from um, Italy. And I said, yes, yeah. that's how it's supposed to taste. Mm -hmm. I love that you came back with the noodles from Italy. I love that you came back with Italian noodles. I came back with chocolate. I came back with noodles. And I came back with champagne. Ooh. Honestly, that sounds like that's the way you do it. Don't come yeah. back. And I paid that $320 to get my suitcase back to America. So, so you <laughs> had a whole eat, pray, love experience. I sure did. And I cannot wait to go back to Europe because, oh, the shopping. Yeah. But anyway, that is not why we are here. We're doing the group chat, the inaugural group chat episode yeah. with two of my favorite creators. <laughs> and we're going to get professionally messy on this episode. <laughs> I love it. On our first question, y'all ready? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Recently, Black Twitter held a homegoing ceremony after declaring <laughs> the platform deceased. Knowing what you know now about the things that Elon has done and recently announced on Twitter about removing outward-facing social media links and Linktree because he wants to keep people on the platform, do you think this reaction was over the top or accurate? Jasmine, you go first. One thing, <laughs> first of all, I love us. When I tell you I love Black people and Black Twitter, specifically Black Twitter, because one thing for sure and two things for certain, we are going to make light and laugh at terrible circumstances. Um, I do think it's justified, though. I feel like when when they announced that he was one taken over, um, I feel like that's where I saw a lot of the downhill spiral of, of that platform and mainly people are watching in real time the lack of empathy that he's had for his staff, the people that have, have been laid off, the lack of, um, not authenticity, but the lack of care for the users of that platform. Like Twitter was once a go-to premier platform for news and information and connecting and gathering. Like we would all get together and watch and tweet about shows and sports and politics. And now it's just become this, at least to me, it's become a very dark, and dismal place where the you know misery loves company has just become a breeding ground for that so I do think it was justified I think if I'm being honest no one's going to leave that platform yet like as, as much as we talk about how much we hate it or how much we don't like what's happening I really don't see any of us making the change to leave that platform until something completely drastic happens where it'll impact you specifically or you as an individual or you as an organization so as I work with clients and even like in corporate world 
the idea there's a fear around do we stay on this platform those are conversations that people are having but the reality is that we're not leaving this platform one we're too used to it's so part of our natural system now to go check twitter or it's become ingrained in our everyday behavior that to completely shift that and pivot that is people don't want to learn people don't want to change people don't like change so I think it was very justified. It was hilarious. And it was a great way to make light of something that's very serious. Um, but I do think that um, we have every right to have that concern. And I think we're, but we're also not going to leave it until something completely drastic happens where it'll impact you specifically as an individual or as an organization or as a brand. So now, that's, that was now thinking about that even further, Courtney, you know, mm-hmm. Jasmine is right. Twitter was kind of like our kickback for Black Twitter. Right. You know, it's where we pulled up to watch Insecure, Scandal, taking it back even further, went viral on that platform. Yeah. Shout out to Olivia Pope in that white coat. Let's a moment of silence. <laughs> Amen. But do you think Jasmine has a point that we're not going to leave the platform even though we're frustrated with it? Absolutely. I think the thing is, is, is I think one, I think the the reaction was very much on brand for us as a people. I think it also just amplified the effect and the impact that Black and Brown users have on all platforms, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, we are the people, the demographic that make these brands, make these platforms pop off. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we're seeing now across all platforms that have been rebranded as like Gen Z, whatever, whatever, whether that's Gen Z slang, Gen Z style is very much AAVE and Black and Brown style and trends. Yeah. things like that so I was not surprised at the reaction I kikied at a lot of it because one thing about us we really do know how to take a situation that's supposed to be serious <laughs> and we play too much we really do but I feel like sometimes in a way that's a bit of like a trauma response 100% that part and 100%. I think sometimes for us too I really sit here and think to myself like yo we're the adults now and we play entirely like too much on this internet. I do think I agree with Jasmine that I don't think anybody is going to leave the platform until something drastic happens. I think that drastic jump will be, I don't think anybody's going to leave Twitter until you have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that continues to like keep coming up. And it's one of those rumors that has kind of like there's been whispers and then it dies off and then it whispers again. I think Elon is like just the right type of crazy to actually try to like implement that and try to have some like subscription, whatever, or you have to pay for access to certain services. Cause he tried it and we dragged him. Remember? Wait, but yeah. that's still, that is still exists. Like Twitter blue, that whole four ninety nine a month subscription. It's still a thing. I don't know who has signed up for it. Correct. I, mean, I barely pay for my Netflix at this point. Why am I going to pay for Twitter? Correct. I think think he's just the right type of crazy to take that Twitter blue and expand upon it Mm -hmm. and maybe take it across the entire platform. And I think it's going to kind of like blow up in his face. I'm very curious to know. I would love to be a fly on the wall for a conversation with the previous CEO of Twitter and what his thoughts are does he feel like he still made the right choice mm-hmm. um because it just seems like not just even with with um with twitter but just like other platforms and things like that it always kind of rubs me the wrong way that when there are shifts in power when there's a shift in the organization um, when it comes to funding and whatever the case may be or economic changes that it's always black and brown folk that seem to be the first ones out the door when these are the people who are kind of like making your shit pop so Mm. that Mm. makes sense now switching gears to another platform that we also use for a content creation perspective Mm -hmm. instagram instagram has been doing too much recently but now she's really kicking up to high gear launching a new feature allowing users to make status updates is this a hot thing to do or did you go "Mm," to that hang it up here's my here's my thing and I stand by I I like Instagram right I have no idea what the, fix your face. I have no I do I do like Instagram as a, as a whole I, I I enjoy the the platform what I do not understand is why we have them status updates I opened my app and I was like what are y'all what is happening in the what are these little thought bubbles and why y'all why am I seeing I had so many questions about something that 
I didn't ask for. And I was very confused why it was like thrust upon us. I was like, listen, there's so many things that we want. We want chronological feeds. We want, we want you to not push certain things at us. And like, this is like a very random decision. Like I was so confused by it. So if I had to say hot or not, it's a, it's a strong no for me right now. Um, I wonder, I wonder what the intent is behind it, because here's the reality, as much as we hate Instagram and as much as we have feelings about how this platform is like constantly updating and switching and, and changing, we will either learn to adapt to the things that we need to take from it and then and make those things make sense for our businesses or our brand, or we'll just stay to hell with it and leave it alone. So what I'm, I'm curious about with these status updates, is this a way for people who to feel like they can be closer in a community with someone that they once thought was like unattainable and now is touchable and reachable. Like, for example, I know you, Yvonne, had a status update with the face card never declines, my God. And I was like, first of all, yes, I played that song earlier. And then I responded to it. So I'm wondering if it's going to be an opportunity for people who feel super unattainable to now bring people into proximity by status updates and say, you're now in my inner thought. Like you see something that you know, not everyone's seen on the feed, not everyone's seen in my IG stories, like you are seeing this part, let's chat about it. So that's the only thing I can think would make sense for this. Otherwise, like, I think it's so stupid and I don't understand it and I do not like it. But (laughs) But it. But doesn't it seem very similar to basically Facebook 2.0? My point exactly. That's the same thing. And we're- point exactly and that's been my qualm with instagram is like yes Yes. that's been my like instagram is trying to be too many things to too many people Mm. and i think now we're just at this place where it's just kind of like a just a jumbled mess of like all the things and it's just kind of like okay but what is it about you that makes you unique I'm even finding myself as a user that I spend less and less time on Instagram and I'm actually spending more time on TikTok mm-hmm. and TikTok has remained like true to like who they are, what they do. They're not trying to be anything else. You you think so? I think okay. so. Here's my, here's my hot take on that. I debate that one too. Go ahead, Jazz. I debate okay, here's my oh, hold on, let me finish my I feel like I understand to a degree what Instagram is trying to do with certain features because I do understand that Instagram is global and so every country doesn't have the same features like that we have due to censorship and other things or whatever but then I feel like okay so then why are you trying to force this on me though <laughs> like leave those for them whatever they want to do and leave our stuff alone and just like stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to it's just become and now I find that at at this point like I'm not even seeing like half the people that I follow that I'm actually interested in the whole feed now at this point is pretty much ads even when I'm clicking through my stories you know getting served you know sometimes three and four ads at a time in between people's stories like I'm I still use Instagram and I still believe in Instagram I'm just frustrated with her at this point we're not on speaking terms I mean I agree with you on that I do have to have a little bit of rebuttal because TikTok did recently launch a feature called I think TikTok now which is very similar to another app that encourages you to post what you're posting at the moment so they're trying to be like be real yeah, mm-hmm. be real. That's what it was. And then also TikTok long stories too. Yep. So yep. they're going through a bit of an identity crisis change. I just wish, again, while I'm disappointed with Twitter, that they stick to the rivers and the lakes that they used to, quoting Courtney, and do what they do best instead of trying to be like everyone else. YouTube is trying to be like TikTok. TikTok right. is trying to be like Instagram. Instagram mm-hmm. is trying to be like everybody. Everybody is confused at this point and doesn't know what they want to be. They're just trying to survive. I think Facebook is confused. Facebook is content. Facebook sits in this corner, eats his food. It's for the biddies and the grandmas and the aunties. Facebook has retired, got their full much, and again, it's social security check. Whereas Instagram is having a midlife crisis. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's necessarily okay. Here's here's my like hot take, and I think first of all, I agree with both of y'all. I do think that like everyone's trying to be like each other, but I think as as a business, in my mind, if 
if I know my, if my biggest con- competition is TikTok, right? And, and I'm trying to keep people in my app so they don't go on TikTok or they don't go on Twitter, they don't go on Facebook, they just stay on Instagram. It's almost like, to me, I feel like everyone's trying to be a buffet. You eat what you pick, what you want on your plate and you eat from what you want. If you want reels, eat the reels. If you want IG stories, eat the stories, eat the lives, eat the status updates. Like make your plate, but we're going to give you everything that we see other people doing. Because if you like this app, I want you to stay here. So whether you want to engage in certain parts of it or not, cool, but at least you have the option. There are some people who will not download TikTok because they do not want to learn another platform. Like I know people who are like, I'm not doing it. So Instagram is going to be my thing. So in my head, if I know that you don't want to download TikTok, but you you see some of the things that people are doing on TikTok, let me bring it to you. Let me serve you this plate and you make the meal out of what you want. So but no, I, if, that the, if the, but my issue is with that mentality is, is like, I'm following certain creators and everything like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's under the assumption that the creators are going to buy into whatever it is. If you mm-hmm. have creators who are just like, not the video girls and everything like that, regardless of if Instagram offers up the reels or not, and they stick to their guns, they're like, I'm purely photo. And you know that Instagram is deprioritizing photos. I'm never going to see her again. So then that's going to push me to a completely different app to find the girl who is going to give me the content that I'm looking for. I, I agree. Think it's not necessarily yeah, working in I their do favor. Think that, I do think that, that people, I hear that. And I do think that there are people who are like, I'm a photo person, but you also, I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it. Where there are people like, here's a photo as a reel. <laughs> yeah, it's a photo. I'm not, and I, I literally follow people that are like, here's a photo as a reel because I don't do, a, I don't want to do a video, but I know reels are being prioritized. So here's my photo. So yeah. all I'm saying is that I agree that everyone's trying to do the same thing, and I, but I think they're doing that because there's there's some people I don't know numbers, but there's a large part outside of our creator space and outside of our like niche black and brown group of people, content creators and business people and brand owners and all that that they're they're trying to appeal to so I feel like Mm -hmm. while I don't agree with the methodology behind it I do understand that if this is what you think you need to do to stay there great either I'm going to learn and adapt as the as the content creator I'm going to learn to adapt so there are times where I take photos and I'll just record the behind the scenes and let that be the real or whatever Mm -hmm. I'm either going to adapt with it or you know fight on the hill that I'm going to die on about this and and then move outside the platform. Um, but I hear you. At the end of the day, these are we're not in the same place where we were five years ago, right. ten years ago, where we didn't have to be an ads only, you know, ad centered platform where it was just fun to have like that weird tinted brown filter. Oh, we, the brown filter. You know, oh, and we just fun. like fun and we like tweeted our little things like yeah, that was cute and that was like, like that was a very beautiful season of life but we're, we're not there because people are going to pay yeah billions and billions of dollars for you to run their ad on this platform and money talks you know what I mean that's true well thinking about switching gears we got to mention another creator who has made it her business to build uh content for black and brown creatives Issa Rae one of my personal favorites, Insecure, and also Rap Shit is one of my other favorite shows. Yes, that show is on so TV. good. On and Skiing. Hey! Oh, <laughs> oh, let me be professional. Okay. She recently, <laughs> she recently partnered with Walmart to launch a new program for Black creators to teach them tips and tricks for content creation, awarding nine lucky creators a feature on Walmart's YouTube, Mentorship, and 10K to invest in their craft. Is this a game changer for Black content creators? Courtney, you can go first. I think, I think yes. I think we're on the right path in regards to Black creators receiving opportunities, uh, you know, having the space to create authentic content, being compensated for said content, I think we're on the right path. I think where I take pause is what I don't want to see happen is just these opportunities popping up that feel a bit opportunistic. And I want to say that I also want to better understand, you know, how are these creators being supported? Like, after the campaign has run its course, like, you know, what, what is the 
what does the contracts look like in regards to usage rights? You know, I think, I think that's when we start getting, I, I, I need to understand more so like it's cute to cut a cute check, but then these creators are then also missing out on the rest of the money that's on the table when it comes to like usage rights, their likeness, you know, is this in perpetuity? Is it six months? Like these are real conversations that I'm glad that a lot more like creators of color are having because I think a lot of times it's easy to get caught up in that one check, that $1 amount and not ask too many questions around like, where's this content being used? Is this just for walmart.com? Are you also going to be utilizing this in stores on displays? Are you utilizing this in .com? Is this also being used for paid social? Is this being used for email? Because each one of those things in reality is an additional fee. And I think that's where like, I'm like, are you really trying to do, because people have the best intentions. So I'm not going to like shit on this, this, this collaboration. I think it's a step in the right direction. I just take pause and kind of like wait and see to understand the fine print and everything else that's happening with that that's also going to support this creator. Because the check is cute, but then like Walmart is also a multi-billion dollar company with stores across the US, global reach, all those things. So like, where's their seat at the table for that part as well? So points were made. I definitely feel you on thinking about the overall deal concept of it because no one wants to get tapped into a 360 deal where they have no control over their content that's being produced, mm -hmm. the platform is being put on. Mm -hmm. And think about it too, even though it may seem like they got paid, I'm just using a number, two grand for a campaign, that might seem great, but that two grand, when you think about stretching it out like pantyhose for the content, it mm -hmm. can end up being like $2.50 Mm -hmm. per feature because you're not getting paid what you work what you're worth because they're trying to get as much as they can out of what was produced on your platform mm -hmm. now jasmine as a content creator i know you may have a different thought about this because you be giving the girls what they don't deserve on all the channels so deserve on these channels so Thinking about what Issa Rae is building in respect to what she's building and trying to break down those barriers, but as a content creator, what is your feedback with this new announcement? I'm stuck on giving the girls what they don't deserve. Don't deserve. Okay, that took me aback. I was like, oh, oh my. Um, I'm not going to hold you. I like, I love the idea. First of all, I love that it's Issa Rae. I think she is just if I meet her, like we're friends on site, like I just want to hug her and be like, what up sis? And let me invite me to the yacht. Like I'm trying to party with y'all on this yacht. I want to do that shit too. Um, I'm not going to hold you something about, okay, this could be me. And if it is, it is. But I feel like I love this announcement. Something about Walmart is throwing me. And I feel like it's mainly part, the black community and the relationship between Walmart is just like, a thing and I don't even know how to like properly put this into words but I feel I don't even I don't even know if this makes sense but I just kind of feel like out of all the brands out of all the people all the places of all the things how did Walmart get into this like how did Walmart be like oh pick me and I kind of feel like the way McDonald's commercials are catered to black people I feel like Walmart is like that for us and it's like I don't I don't always I don't I don't shop at Walmart like that. Like, I mean, Walmart's trying to make it. I think also Walmart's trying to rebrand in some capacity their mm -hmm. relationship to the Black community. Mm -hmm. So there is some self-interest in that. Um, I love the idea. I think it's incredible to give this opportunity to people as a content creator. I also wonder what are the tips and tricks that Walmart's going to help teach us? And what are the things that like, what does that mean? What does mentorship look like? And is that with your brand team? Is that with your marketing team? Like, are y'all pulling people in the space? Like, I'm a little unsure and unclear around that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just feel like something about Walmart being like, oh, pick me. It, it gives real pick me for the brand to like want to be a part of the community. And I just don't mm -hmm. quite know how to put that into words. But that's just the only thing that's really settled is like, Walmart, what do you, what, what you want, Walmart? Why, so why let's you call it spade a spade, okay? Walmart, if we go back to early this year, a month called Black History Month in February. Okay. 
let's call a spade a spade let's talk about that tragedy (laughs) let's talk about it walmart came under fire for those um i'm sorry not february juneteenth our Mm -hmm. other black holiday walmart came under fire for them sad juneteenth plates and products that they rolled out at their store i don't know who approved it but they came under a lot of backlash both on black twitter and national news Mm -hmm. for that campaign that was low-key disrespectful 100 what i am thinking and it's just my corporate mind going on someone up in walmart was like we need to fix this maybe we need to partner with like uh, a really big black content creator or business owner who could give us some positive press that mm-hmm. we're doing things in the community and also walmart sees the work that target is doing authentically let's put that okay. out there okay authentically because episode just dropped y'all for y'all those who are listening i had um, marissa k who's the founder of target while black on my show for an interview but we're not going to toot our own horn but target <laughs> has done its work in having black owned businesses black content creators and also opportunities for black creators to mm-hmm. amplify their business knowledge walmart has not been that girl so she's probably trying to play catch up because she knows our dollars are very powerful and the content we create a lot of times goes viral and they're not part of our tags or our mentions. That's just my opinion. Then looking at the other side with Issa Rae, I did see in the announcement, Issa Rae did have other black content creators who are part of that mentorship. I don't know what their ats are specifically, but they are part of the conversation. I would like to see a more extensive rollout explaining how this thought process came to her and why she agreed to it. Cause Issa Rae is very business-minded. at the same time so whatever she does there's strategy and there is purpose but i kind of want to know what was the purpose behind this compared to working with another um large conglomerate that can give that same kind of exposure on a more authentic level i think i think what i will say is this is i think that i think walmart is for sure trying to turn over a new leaf Mm -hmm. in regards to their relation to us and the relationship that they have with us I do also think to your point that Issa is very much a savvy businesswoman. And so I'm curious to know, you know, what was said to her, what was presented to her for her to think that this, for her to align with this partnership. I don't necessarily know if I want to hear from Issa's mouth though. I think I want to hear from Walmart. Yeah. Why Issa, that kind of thing. And I think the other part of it too is like, I think this can be this has potential to be a great opportunity for the content creators i went back and saw that you said and saw that you know their their creations will be featured on walmart's like youtube channel i think it still just goes back to my original point is that my pause is just making sure that this is something where there is like true equity and equality across the board you know and making sure that the creators you know, aren't necessarily so dazzled by Issa Rae and 10K that they're not asking additional questions, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to, you know, because there's a whole rollout strategy that goes with that. That's their lack likeness and things like that. So it's not just about Walmart's YouTube page. And also to your point too, that you brought up of like, okay, mentorship, what exactly does that look like? I do agree with you that I think that Walmart in a sense is trying to play catch up trying to turn over a new leaf with their relationship with the black community they've done a number of things um as far as like activations on hbcu campuses and things like that and i think i think sometimes where there's a bit of hesitation is because it doesn't always feel like that is being translated across all walmarts Mm. so even like when i'm even like back home right we know that there are like certain Walmarts where things are beautiful and fully stocked and it's nice and it's a whole experience. And we know what those neighborhoods look like. And then we know the other Walmarts that we tend not to go to that are abysmal and they're a mess and products are locked up after a certain shade range. And we know where those communities reside. So I think it's one of those things, if you're going to make these grand gestures and everything like that, it needs to be a clean wipe across the entire board so that it's felt all at once. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And 
you know, thinking about that too, I definitely agree that there needs to be a clean slate for Walmart in order to authentically move forward. And there needs to be recognition in their failure to connect authentically with these communities and the work needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead at our next question, recently Cardi B, you know, Eo, <clears throat> or is it, <laughs> is it Eo? She's Eo. No, hers was Okur. Oh yeah, Okur. There you go. There you go. I had to remember. Damn. I was confusing my rappers. Sorry. My bad. Anyway, Cardi B tweeted that she's experienced writer's block due to anxiety to write a hit and satisfy the needs of her record execs. Mm-hmm. Even as creatives, do you think Cardi has a point? Do you think people put too much pressure on creatives to produce the next big hit or viral content? Like, Jazz, as a content creator, what are your thoughts? A thousand percent. <laughs> um, and... I I think a part of it is external pressure, but then there's also a level of internal pressure. And what I mean by that is, so I've been posting reels of me doing makeup videos forever, right? And then the one time I don't, I almost didn't post this reel, but that one time I posted a reel, it went viral and it has over 220,000 views and it overwhelmed me. Like it was beautiful. And I'm like, oh, this is incredible. But there was a sense of internal dialogue of like, if I post the next thing, will it, will it do that well? Like, will it not do that well? Um, I still have to post, but I remember telling my friend, I was like, I don't even want to post anything until the wherewithal falls off of this one video, because at least I'm right now, all the attention is on this one thing. And if I post something else and it doesn't go viral or it doesn't hit like it's supposed to hit, whatever that looks like, like I'm, I feel a sense of something type of performance based thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cardi is is accurate like I can only imagine how much writer's block especially given like life's recent events having to perform and create content and hits at at this peak level when your life and your husband's life and a lot of tragic events have happened are also playing a factor into that like you can't just turn on and off your life's moments so um I absolutely think she's completely right I think there's a pressure to want to perform and I think also a part of it and I'll just call a spade a spade. I think people now who are content creators in 2022 are looking to be viral versus trying to be sustainable. And I think when you, when you create content with the end goal to be viral, it is going to always fail you because you're not thinking about the long game. You're playing a very much a checkers and not chess. Like you can't, Yvonne, <laughs> if y'all can see Yvonne. So now she's shaking the table, honey, because y'all yeah, not ready for that conversation. You know what I mean? Like you, you come into this thinking like, okay, well, I need to do the dance and the, and the moves on TikTok to be viral. Being a part, now that I've experienced something going viral in that capacity, it is completely unsustainable to think that I'm going to do that every single time. I don't have the following. I don't have the capacity. I don't have the time. I don't have the creative brain space to do that on top of my everyday life. And especially because I create on con- on platforms outside of just Instagram or outside right. of just TikTok, like I'm already stretched. So going into this, I think there is a level of pressure and people are always going to be like, well, social media makes us feel like that. Yeah, but let's be honest, you already felt like that, but social media exasperated what you were already feeling. A lot of this is internal dialogue that gets exasperated because platforms are big. People want to be seen. People want to be affirmed. People want to be heard. So when you take these internal thoughts and insecurities and dialogues, and then you're like, well, social media is always, it's not always, it's not, it's not the tool. It's the person who holds the tool in their hand. And if you are creating from a place of, I want to be viral and I want to do this and I want to blow up. If you, if you were to blow up overnight, you would not be able to sustain it. So I'm going on a tailwind, but I do think in short, like Cardi B is very accurate. I think she's right. And it's justified to think like, I can't write when her whole life looks different. Her season of like, when she was right rapping and writing the first few months when she first came out, like underground cardi and wife of two kids mom and two different different cardies like she has to write from a space and a place of where she is now and i'm sure she's had other thoughts in her mind of like well i'm not the same yeah yeah like her life is is slower her life is calm so who really trying to support a woman that's like i'm in my house in my mansion and i got my babies and they like people want a struggle story so i feel like because she can't necessarily always attach that storyline anymore there is a level of writer's block. There is level of anxiety. There is level of pressure. And the and the people in the CEO boardrooms don't care. They just want the hits. So the lack of empathy from the CEO and the boardroom and the executives coupled with her insecurities or the feelings of inadequacy as her life has changed 
and then you got the people on social who are who are gonna just nitpick I would have writer's block but I don't think it's because um she's not good at what she does or you know as creatives like we don't we're not good at what we do I think you have to double check your heart on your motivations like why am I doing this because if it's to go viral baby as someone who had autumn when you think about 220,000 people seeing your face that is overwhelming. It is alarming to think that 220,000 people saw my reel, liked my reel, engaged with it. And now I'm like, you know what I mean? Like that's pressure. Since you, you kind of like already, you know, opened up that can of worms. Can we <laughs> keep keep opening it, Courtney. I got a can opener. Keep going. Can we just also talk about the brands that, you know, put pressure on their teams to go viral, but don't do anything that's really worth going viral for there's no innovation there's nothing exciting it up, it up. i have my cup of coffee but no, i'm ready to sit i'm just food. saying no, they don't take the time food. to understand a platform they don't take understand to actually understand well. their demographic because maybe baby your customer is not there also let me quickly had a brand refresh in like 10 plus years, 10 plus plus years. But also, hold on, hold on. but even before before you even do the brand refresh in order for you people, here's the here's the, the thing that really gives me in a tizzy. Is this becoming a therapy session for us? But go it ahead. Come on. It may be because here's the thing. People always, and I see this in work I do in corporate and I see it in, in work when I do with clients. Oh, I really want to go viral. Let's go viral. I guarantee you, you poll people. Every time I've gone quote unquote viral, it was no strategy. I literally didn't, the things that went viral, I almost didn't post. The things that I would, that went viral, I kept thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't, it's not perfect enough. It's not working enough, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what, F it. I'm gonna just post it, close my phone. I come back and it takes off. So when people are always like, let's go viral and let's do this and let's hit all these numbers. There's no, there's no formula. And I, and, and this is to all the people who are on TikTok, some, some UGC creation. It's all, that's all to y'all. Cause y'all send me in the tizzy often. <laughs> yeah. is, there is no formula for virality. virality. Yes, there is like strategy behind how and when you post. There's strategy behind knowing your audience and almost assuming and predicting your audience's behavior that's strategy mm-hmm. like there's no strategy to going viral so this whole concept of like oh be a UGC creator and make five thousand dollars in six months liars oh sorry okay. <laughs> like it might work it the one thing that worked for me when I posted it that day it could have been the real audio it could have been how fast I edited it down it could have been so many factors into why that one video took off and I like to be honest about that because I talked to Courtney about this. That one vibe, that one video went 220,000 people. My next reel was like 599 folks. But you don't treat the content or the audience different because you went viral now. You treat you you give excellent, excellent content no matter what and whatever yeah. hits, hits. So I just had to like address that because I'm telling y'all, people be on these clock apps being like, here's how you can do this and link in my bio and I have a PDF for you. And you Liar. Make- and a PDF is like $30. Right. $30 and you made it in Canva. It's mad vague. You gave four different ways of how to do absolutely nothing because I know you Google search and you pull five different articles and you threw and it you in. you have no educational background to know what you are talking about. Zero. So it's just like, you know, I hear y'all and I think people are trying to teach people from what worked for them, but every single person that is a content creator has a very unique, a very um, intentional, a very specific way that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to take you to church, but like God wants to use that how he wants to use it. So what works for me may not work for you. I can only give you strategy, but I cannot teach you how to be viral because that, that limit does not exist. Like there's no way I can encapsulate that into a PDF. Someone who recently I posted a reel yesterday and a TikTok. I was doing a get ready with me and I didn't feel like doing it anymore. And I literally just popped up on the platform and said, Look, this, this is the content. This is what I'm wearing. Bye. You should have just like that too. <laughs> you really did. You wait. I no, please go on Yvonne's TikTok and her Instagram because when I tell you she popped up in the screen. And she's like, hey, I don't feel like making this. Does her little outfit haul and then goes, all right, bye. And then it just ends. But you know what? There's a girl who I follow who like is similar like that. She's like, welcome to Black Girl Luxury, but I don't feel like editing. Oh, I love and, she her. Says, and I love her. And that Amber. works for her. So there's something to that because literally like, it she is. Can, it's like, I'm, it's like it's on, I'm on FaceTime with my friends. So it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's to the point. It's 
Yeah, I, I love, love it. it. But the I funny thing is, Jasmine, about. I didn't go 200,000 viral, but one of my best performing videos was the day the, Re- the Re- Renaissance album dropped, the Beyonce one, and it was me reacting to it, and I yeah. popped up on the screen. I was in just regular shorts and a bodysuit, and I was just talking to the screen, and I just said, okay, whatever, I'll post it. Then I just hear, ding, 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 ding. I said, what? <laughs> What is going on? And I looked at the insights. It got shared like 35 times. People saved. I said, who are these people saving my content? But I get what you're saying. There's pressure to, especially when you have the knowledge to yeah. create content that, you know, does well, because then when we work with these clients, that's their main thing. I want to go viral. One, you can't go viral. Well, depends on the platform. You can't yeah. go viral if you don't have 20 followers. Ooh, that's and one. And if you only got that little, you need a budget. You need to put money All right. And you don't have need money. a budget, need a budget, just like um Big Lotto said, easy does it. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm so uh, you need you need a strategy. You need to at least be building up to mm-hmm. that viral sensation. You just can't do one video and expect for it to do numbers because no one knows who you are. And another thing, you need to come across authentically every time you create this content. If all you're doing is just reposting what someone is reposting and using a viral sound just to use it, you're not doing nothing different. I am bored. I don't care what you are posting, but I'm going to get off my high horse because we still got a couple more questions to get through. And I feel like the real uncut version needs to be saved for a dinner chat because Ooh, we'll be on here forever. For our last question, one of my favorite, and I think Jazz, one of your favorite two brands, Brandon Blackwood, and then also the Honey Pot have gotten backlash for raising their prices due to inflation and staffing costs. Some of them, some of their followers have called them disloyal and, you know, have said that they're getting greedy now with their pricing structure. Do you think as a community, we don't give Black-owned brands enough grace? And by the look on Courtney's face, I'm going to let you go first because I feel like you have thoughts behind this. So go ahead, Court. You know I love us, right? I genuinely do. But what I get so sick and tired of Uh is the lack of grace that we afford to our own people. But we want to holler and scream and protest and petition and everything like that. Talking about supporting black brands, support black funding, blah, blah, blah. Let him still, Yet and still, we have a double standard for the same brands once they pop off. At the end of the day, this is a business Mm -hmm. and they're not making any different of a business decision than a Target, mm-hmm. a Walmart, or any of the other businesses that we patron. And yet and still, we sit up here and criticize and ridicule mm-hmm. said brands for having to make savvy business decisions in order to remain afloat. Mm-hmm. The thing about Black brands is it's not that, that we don't have a lack of ideas it's the lack of funding yes but it's also the lack of brands being able to maintain some form of longevity Mm. that's the real issue and so I get sick and tired of people who have no qualms when your uh four for four go up to four for five and you still studying that drive-through line. But if the tides are turning from an economic standpoint, that means the prices are not just going up on our toilet paper, babes. The price is also going up on that Brandon Blackwood bag because he has a business to run mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, And it's not for a lack of people trying to sell out this is just business one-on-one. The costs are going to come from somewhere. It's happening across all types of industries. And just because their prices are going up doesn't mean that there won't be a case in point where prices may go down, price things, certain, certain things that you want go on sale. That's up to you as the consumer then to budget. Oh, I get really annoyed with us as a people that we rally and want to stand behind these brands. 
while at the same time wanting to see them grow, but at the same time wanting them to stay the same. Uh, Growth is not without change in some way, period. So it's just unrealistic for you Mm -hmm. to hold these brands to a certain standard, have all these qualms about what you think they should and shouldn't be doing or whatever. And then when they fall flat or they have to shutter their business, you're like, dang, that's crazy. (laughs) Is it Jamal? (laughs) Jamal. (laughs) Okay. Um, I a thousand, I 2000% agree with everything Courtney said. Here's, here's the reality. We are approaching a recession. We're also inflation is the highest it has ever been in the last like 40 plus years. So like Courtney said, across the board, milk is higher, eggs are higher, gas is higher, laundry detergent costs more, your light bill. Like there are things across the board that have just naturally gone up because we are at a deficit with income and we're about to, we're already, if not already in a recession, we are approaching a recession. My biggest issue with this whole, this, the, the, the audacity for someone to say you're now disloyal because I need to raise prices to keep staff to house these orders or have, or costs for overhead, costs for shipping. There was a time, especially early in the pandemic, where like there were things that stuck at the shipping docks. Like people couldn't even get things because they were just stuck because they had no people to move things off and off the boats. So like the audacity, it's really the actual audacity for me that people who have no idea what it takes to run a small business, let alone a thriving and a scaling business, to scale your business, you have to increase fund. You have to increase it. There's no way I would be still charging my clients what I charged in 2015 uh-huh. in the year of 2022, and then I can sustain my life—not just my lifestyle, but my actual life, like my rent, my car, my gas, the dog food, my soap, like whatever. So it just always amazes me that people got a lot to say behind their fingers on these apps about disloyalty. And the lack thereof, and that they're bringing new, but like, I can't pay my bills with just prayer. I can't pay my bills with your thoughts and your well wishes. I can't pay for your life on social. We can't pay. We can't pay our staff to do whatever with with your with your with your retweet. Like these people have insurances and policies and like, are you kidding me? The same way you would go off if you didn't get a direct deposit every two weeks. How do you like I it just I marvel at the actual audacity and the boldness that people come to with these brands that have been advocating and rock with us in this community and have created quality mm-hmm. customer experiences that have created quality products that right. have that have worked and studied their craft and continue to educate themselves on their craft and continue to put themselves and their staff and their resource into scaling this business. And you like it just marvels me. So I don't have much to say outside of y'all really tried it. And if you don't want to shop local, shop small, shop black owned, shop women owned, you have every right to spend your money where you are. But do not complain about giving your money to Skims and don't complain about giving your money to Yeezy and Kanye West and all his stuff when you can't when you are here talking about disloyalty to Brandon Blackwood, the Honey Pot, and other black owned businesses that are also having dreams of their goals and their vision and their their empire they want to build. Like what? Like people are weird. Like people are weird. weird. It's weird behavior. Like y'all are tripping. Weird. I love it's how weird. people have opinions on things they don't know about. One. Yeah. Um, two, they get a little LLC from that tax scam P- PPP money that they're <gasps> taking out. And all of a sudden they know what they're talking about. Three, four, I mean, you know, three, you can't have opinions on something you weren't supporting in the first place. Five, I don't need anyone who, no, four, thank you. Let me get my count back. Four, let's go in your closet and count how many Black-owned brands you have right now that you support on a regular basis that don't just do it for the TikTok trends that come up on your social media feed. You actually want to do it to seem like you're supporting these brands. And then finally, five, don't talk about above your tax bracket because I know a lot of y'all here making these criticisms about these Black-owned brands, but yet, but yet, your Louis Vuitton is fake, your Chanel ain't real, and you're still out there wearing these Gucci slides that have been taped, 
put back together, resold again, because you cannot afford to get these Gucci slides in real life because that's not the lifestyle that you lead, honey. So that means I need you to do better across the board to make sure that your tax bracket and your mouth and the lifestyle you're projecting on social media actually match. Because right now, honey, the math is not matching. Two plus two is making six instead of four. And I need you to go back to school and figure it out. That being said- I just want to leave on a, a just one last one last lighter note. Wait, 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 Cordy, did I clear? I didn't clear nobody. Bro, I told the truth. No, you cleared the room. And Bro. I'm funny. Look how close you said. I need to make sure I still have edges. She just emptied the clip. He said, "Say hello to my little friend." She star faced the whole the whole conversation, but. It, Jasmine. Oh, Jasmine. Jasmine, I support black owned brands because I want to not absolutely, absolutely insane. And even just that, like one thing I, I saw somebody, um, I saw somebody post this and it was like, every time you support a small business, there's like that person's like doing a happy dance. And I really, I, as a small business owner, like I really, when we get a sale, when we have a client that signs on, when we have these moments, there is a part of us that's like, okay, this is going to continue to funnel like our, our vision for our life, our dream. So I'm ignoring Courtney because she's a mess. So I still like to say- Are you trying to like mop the blood up? Girl, because, leave it. Leave no, it there. No, because I don't want, I do, I understand like everything Yvonne said, she had to clear the room and some of y'all needed to hear that. But I just want people to know when you, when you support this and you don't, and you don't come at this with that negative mental and emotional attack on these businesses, like these businesses are just trying to create and and thrive like we all want to th- at the end of the day we all want the same thing we want to thrive we want we want financial wealth and resources we want to build our dreams we want to fund our dreams we want to do all the things but like it, it doesn't get done if we don't make change like you said it doesn't happen if we can't scale and we can't scale with just your retweets and your thoughts and your prayers mm. put your money where your mouth is if y'all can buy skims you can buy you can buy brandon if you can buy, like I buy skin and I also shop black. I shop black for damn near everything. So like you can have both, but don't be out here on your Twitter fingers and you out here tweeting and little tweet, tweeting TikTok clock ass with your opinions. And then you don't, and then you don't really back it up with your money. And that being said, your Telfar bag should not look like a grocery bag at this point because the way that you take care of it. So you didn't even have to add that. Like, yes, I did because I'm tired of <laughs> I'm tired of the girls on Twitter every single time that bag they don't even know how to take care of luxury bags in the first place ends up looking like the nope 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 mm-hmm. God is working on me. Oh, okay. you're not going now. You now you choose to stop. This is well, okay. I'm gonna finish my statement then. It ends up and it look like the rest of that designer stuff that they purchase which is not taken care of. You don't have the boxes. You do not have leather cleaner. You do not have, know how to stuff your bags or put them in a proper place for storage, which is why your Telfar bag is starting to rip and crack, honey, because you don't know what you are doing. And also that Telfar bag is not meant to be worn like a bag every single day. You're supposed to take care of it because it's vegan leather, honey, not real leather. If you want a real leather bag, invest in one. All right, so let's go into our quick fire questions. Brandon Black was having a sale right now. If you, if, by the way, they just sent me a text. <laughs> I know, I get the emails as well. Yeah, I was looking at the Ready? pink trunk because I feel like it would add to my collection because as you see, the boxes are in the back. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, y'all ready for these quick fire questions? No. I told you this interview will be professionally shady. It's Girl, more shady than professional, but sure. I love Ooh. the way that Jasmine was like, but wait, like trying to like, <laughs> trying to make it back nice. I'm like, Girl, you know? there's no way. This, you can't put this she back in the car. Empty. She literally said, she scarfaced that conversation. Not like, wait a minute. Like, we did not need to say hello to my little friend. Like people, I just, I wasn't ready and I was not prepared for that. These I are things that. I don't say on Twitter platforms because there's too many eyes on these platforms yes. sometimes. Yes. And sometimes you, you just need to get group chat. Okay. okay. Even group chat. It's definitely Thank you. Chat. Thank you. That's why the episode is called The Group Chat. I love it. Right. First question and Court, I'll give you this one. If you could use only one social media platform for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, Jesus. That's hard. One social media platform for the rest of my life. Oh, I think I have one. I'm gonna say TikTok, bro. Really? I love, I really enjoy. I really enjoy just watching TikToks. Not only just for like the get ready with me stuff, like that's cute. But sometimes, like it's the babies on there. 
it's the little puppies on there it's the story times that be messy and it's like a part five and i'll be going through all part five six seven eight i don't care because i need the update because now i need to know i mean that's it yeah it's i get very invested and it's easy to spend endless hours on that dangle <laughs> so yeah i would say that like i literally yeah tiktok for sure all right jazz what about you um youtube I knew you were saying YouTube. I, and I say YouTube because you get everything. I mean, TikTok is short form, but I can learn how to change my car tire. I can learn how to like cook a meal. I can get a makeup video. I can get an outfit tutorial. I can get everything. I can get YouTube movies. I can get TV on YouTube. So I'm going to just get an all-inclusive package with YouTube. That's- you can get TV on YouTube too. It's the people that go live and they play the videos. And I'm sure they'll be sitting there like. You sure can. So yeah, I'm going I'm to have to ride with YouTube. I love me some Twitter. I, I think Twitter is a is the perfect combination of being messy with just copy and gifs. Mm. You know? it, you that's one thing I miss about Twitter. But Twitter got real. I don't know. You, you had LLC. You very toxic. Like you had LLC Twitter talking about oh all. You just and I think too like a lot of bad news came first on Twitter, and I just was like tired of seeing bad news in the video that came along with that like in my face I gotta I gotta hop off this this is this is crazy okay I will say pre-2020 Twitter I enjoyed Mm -hmm. pandemic Twitter I'm not a huge fan of because it's just is everyone talking about LLC and PPP loan scams Mm -hmm. all right so for my next question Jasmine you're up first Mm -hmm. who will be your dream collaboration or partnership quick fire is not quick at all um I have like I feel like I have I have like three, but if I'm rapid fire, um, I would love to do a Dove Beauty campaign. That has always been like a dream of mine for like when I was a kid. I love Dove Beauty and what they represent. Um, I want to do something with now First Lady Michelle Obama because she out here being she th- she just thriving. I'm trying to hang out with her and Essence. Mm. Okay, I like that for you. Write that on your vision board so we can have that coming to fruition. Yeah, Courtney, what about you? I would love to have like a capsule collection with Target. I could see future collections. I could totally see that. Yeah, I would love that for you. I would love to do that. And then I would also love to include in that uh, like a a small like collection of um, shoes included in the collection too for like wide calf girls and like girls with like size 11 feet and up. Mm. You're so thoughtful. People, we need that. We need that. We do. We do. I would say if I had to choose a dream collaboration, it would be Warby, not Warby Parker. It would be um, I Buy Direct. Mm. Oh, I could totally see that. Well, that would be sure. Actually, these are where these pink glasses are from, I Buy Direct. I love what they stand for. I love that it's affordable. And every time you buy a pair, you can donate a pair to anyone in the world in need. Oh, nice. And I love that. I've been wearing I Buy Direct for years and mm. it works with my, um, my FSA, HSA, whatever they call it for insurance. But I'm able to buy multiple pairs of glasses without breaking the bank. And I love how affordably conscious it is while still being fun. So that would be my dream partnership. Okay, last question. Courtney, this one is for you. And then Jazz, you can answer. Okay. Jasmine, don't look so stressed. Just talk. I'm I'm not good at this. Oh, I'm not good at this. Top of the door. I can help you too. Don't worry about it. Okay. You were cast as the newest member of Real Housewives of Potomac. (laughs) Jasmine, stop laughing. A Real Housewives. (laughs) Of Potomac, what is your tagline? <laughs> I think my tagline would be, oh, okay, okay. I'm far from a maid, but I will clean house. Oh, I am that good. I am, what do you want to do mine? Because girl, I don't have that. I only have one left in the chamber. What do you mean? <laughs> I can't think of stuff like this when it's not quick fire. Like I need time to let this thing like come to me. My come to me now. Okay, what about this? Okay, what about this? I may create content, but I'm never content. Oh no, because I am content. See how see how hard it is. Like it's now it's just at it's mm, now it's it's gonna end up being like it's giving. It's just I don't know. I don't have a I don't I don't have a thing. I don't have a. What about this? What about this? Your face car may decline, but mine never does. Now that we cool. that's good yeah. that's true. That. my face card doesn't decline okay mm-hmm. thank you thank mm-hmm. you okay. thank, thank you for helping me because i ain't had you're welcome. you're welcome um dang what would mine be uh, let me think real quick uh i may need glasses to see but i can see through fake people all the time okay boom 
Mm. Period. Thank you. Wow. Period. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I thought you had that like I didn't in your notes somewhere. Like I did not. Period. I just came up with that top of the dome. Quick fire. Always quick. ready. Always yeah. ready. You know. Oh, I could have been mine. Stay ready. So you gotta get ready. Okay, whatever. Always. Thank mm-hmm. you guys so much for joining me for coffee today. Where can people find out more about you and your platforms? Jasmine, you go first. Sure. You can follow me on um, platforms. My username is at J Katrina Smith. That's J-K-A-T-R-I-N-A-S-M-I-T-H across Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, my YouTube channel, Jasmine Katrina. Um, and my business page is at PureComCo, P-U-R-E-C-O-M-M-C-O on Instagram and Twitter as well. Thank you, Courtney. Yes, uh, you can find me across all platforms. So that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And my handle is at Editress in Chic. That's E-D-I-T-R-E-S-S in Chic. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me for coffee today. I truly appreciate your time, your expertise, and the good old professional Kiki with a little bit of shade that we had today. Would you be willing to join me for another conversation in the future? Of course. This is so much fun. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course. All right. I'll chat with you guys soon. Bye. 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 Are we really hanging up? Oh, okay. (laughs) Wasn't that fun? I told you it was fun. Jasmine and Courtney are always a vibe. Anyway, I really appreciate them being on the show and bringing their insight to my platform. And I hope to have them back again to do more chats with me. And you know what? I know I'm going on a brief hiatus, but again, I will be back. I'll be back middle of January for three more episodes. And then we go on another hiatus until the next season. So I can plan out the content for more chats, more conversations, and more fun with special guests. I hope you have a fabulous new year and I look forward to chatting with you soon. Okay, bye. Coffee with Yvonne is produced and edited by Yvonne Pearson. Coffee with Yvonne is created by Pink Dollhouse Marketing. You can catch the latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.